Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Two Peas on a Pod podcast on this lovely Tuesday morning. We hope wherever you're at, what you're doing, listening to us, we hope you have a wonderful day. Maybe you're in your car. Maybe you're on a ladder doing painting and drywall with earbuds in. That's what one guy told me the other day he was going to be doing. But I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. But thank you for tuning in today. And as you've seen it on the title, we have got several Missouri guests with us today. And so we want to welcome to the podcast, on my left, Pastor Josh Ritchie. Hello. Hello. And in the middle, we have Preacher Josh Spurtlock. Hello. And another preacher to my right, Brother Derek Von Allman. It's good to be here. So we thank all these brothers for coming on the podcast today. They're going to give us some of their personal testimonies. Great uh, preacher friends, and I appreciate their ministries and all they're going to say today. And then we're going to talk some yielding to God. So let me ask you one humongous question. Anybody that's listening to this podcast at any length of time at all knows there is one question that has struck a ginormous debate on this podcast for a year and a half. You ready? It's deep. It's theological. It's important. Slightly spiritual. That question is, how do you eat your steak? <laughs> Medium well. Medium well. Good All the man. way. Yes. Mm. I'm sure I'll get flack for this one, but I eat it well done. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> He's on Zach's team. That's terrible. I so we've got one, ho- one hockey puck in the crowd. Well, Derek... I like mine medium rare. I like medium. it to wear. Th- this is how I describe it. I like it so not done that a good vet could bring it back. That's how I describe it. A good, okay. Well, maybe I'm not that. I'm a medium. I'm so we've got way. one of every part of the spectrum sitting right here. <laughs> I want mine dead. You <laughs> completely dead. All right. Well, let me ask you another question. We are in South Missouri right now. What's your favorite thing about Missouri? You got to narrow it down to one thing. It's off the cuff, so it's got to come straight from your heart. Probably the natural beauty, the terrain. Natural beauty and terrain. I grew up in Indiana. It's all flat cornfields. (laughs) (laughs) So, besides, of course, the good churches and the good pastors like Brother Richie here, um, probably the hunting opportunities. Are there any points for? Midweek yeah. service next week. Yeah. <laughs> Call me tomorrow. Brother. <laughs> I love the Ozarks as well, the, the terrain, I, but I also love the culture of the people. I love the fellowship. I love the way of life here in southern Missouri. So moving on to some topics today, we're going to start out here for a little while. I don't know how long we'll, get, we'll go on this one, but uh, we're going to start talking about yielding to God. So we got four preachers sitting here. There's a lot of yielding that's been going on here and probably still some to go. (laughs) But uh, yielding to the Lord, and hopefully this will be an encouragement and to help somebody. And we got four different testimonies here, four different life stories. I'm not going to tell much of mine because you've already heard a bunch of mine. But we got three men sitting here. They're going to share some of their experiences in life, yielding to God, ministry changes, conversion experiences, um, just some amazing stuff. So Brother Derek Von Allman's going to start out here. And go ahead. Well, y- yielding to God started out for me. Uh, well, of course, you know, with, with me with me praying to be saved, uh, my salvation is where it started. And then uh, I can't remember my exact age or day, like some people can whenever I first uh, was saved. But uh, 
I, I can remember the happiness that I felt on the ride home from church. I do remember that. And then uh, I was 12 years old. We were in re- revival here at Junction Hill with uh, Dennis Heath, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And so that's, that's one way to yield is uh, first by being saved, asking the Lord into your heart. You're yielding to him, to the, to the prompting of the Holy Ghost, the conviction is the first way to, to yield. And then whenever I get, was filled with the Holy Ghost, that's, that's another way that we can yield. Because you have to, you know, do what you got to do to be able to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Right. So if you have to give stuff up, if you have to... to God will to, put his finger on your life. Right. The closer you get to God, the more things you got to lay down. Right. right. That's exactly right. And uh, while I was young, you know, I still remember... You know, the hunger that I had, I, I remember saying, Lord, just please give me the Holy Ghost tonight. I remember praying that on the way to church that night. And then it was in that same revival that the Lord first started uh, dealing with me to preach. And then as the years went on, you know, I kind of put that in the back of my head. And it was actually after me and my wife were married. We'd been married a few years. And we had, uh, I, think, I think we had all of our three kids that we have. Uh, we were in revival. And uh, Brother J.R. Alexander was actually preaching, and he, he I'll never forget it, he preached about uh, Saul and how the Bible says that Saul was hiding amongst the stuff. And Brother Alexander, he just pointed that finger at the crowd in general and said, God's found you tonight, you know, mm-hmm. kind of how he does, that real deep, gravelly voice. But, yeah, uh, yeah the Lord really dealt with me and uh, that he was preaching to me. And I went up to the altar and prayed, and, and I prayed about it some more. And, uh, and, and that's whenever the yielding really started, you know, because uh, there was things in my life that I had to give up. You know, uh, it's kind of funny. It's kind of embarrassing to talk about. I had a big old beard. I had a beard that was about a foot long. Not a foot long, about a, three or four inches long. And, uh, and it was bright red, like my kid's hair, if you ever see them. <laughs> and uh, I had to shave it off. And he started dealing with my wife about things that she had to give up. And and it, the more I gave up, the closer I felt to God, mm-hmm. the more of God's power and spirit that I felt. And uh, that's really what it's all about is God. What I figured out is that God uses people who were yield, people who are willing to yield and to try their best to live fully and wholly consecrated to him. Now look at you. Sitting here with two pages of notes for a podcast. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's what happens when you yield. You come a long way. Yeah, that's funny. Well, I seen I was I seen Brother Gallagher was on the podcast, and and I was wondering if he had any notes. So I was yes, he did. Trying to be like my pastor. How okay? <laughs> I got you. I got you, Brother Josh. What do you think about yielding? What What does yielding mean to you in in your life? Well. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I, yielding is is just saying yes to the Lord, and and really that's what I feel like holiness is is just always saying yes to the Lord. Right. If yes. if you say yes to the Lord, you're gonna like you said lay down some things and yeah and step away from things. But you know, in my life, my testimony is somewhat similar there to Brother Derek's. Um, you know, and I, I think I was saved when I was eight years old, filled with the Holy Ghost as a teenager, and and just like I believe you was preaching, um, what being a teenager, being up and down, and um, 
in my 20s. You know, sorry, I'm saying um a lot. <laughs> but um, there it is. Nervous. It's just us. Anyway, in my 20s, you know, I backslid on the Lord. And it, it really was just distractions. You know, you hear that preached a lot. Yeah. Uh, that was the case for me. There's things that the devil puts out there to get you to look away from the Lord and look away from what he has for you. You know, and if, like he was saying, you yield to the Lord, well, if you, 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 you can yield to the devil as well. You can yield to what he wants is temptation. You can yield to the flesh and do the things of the flesh. But anyway, the Lord resaved me and uh, went from being uh, just a slacker, <laughs> is what I say a lot. You know, just somebody that didn't care anything about the things of the Lord to being a youth pastor in, in just a few wow. sp- a short space. Of- no, I've done it. That's all right. I talk with my hands. <laughs> You wouldn't be the first person to slap a Well, <laughs> Brother Brim pointed out the other day that apparently that's an Italian thing. And <laughs> so he yeah. blames it on that. I'm talking yeah. with my hands. So your lineage is from Italy. So <laughs> Yes. Or a Donald Trump thing, maybe. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, it could be. That's a good thing. He did become president. So anyway, but, you know, just as far as my testimony goes, the Lord took me places that I never would have thought I went. Mm-hmm. It, done things that was totally out of character for me that that's a big one in my testimony and, and probably some of y'all's too that um my my personality and my my character is you know I, i'm someone that backward really i yeah. was one as a teenager anyway and and until the lord filled me with the holy ghost that that you know makes a difference but I was someone that didn't want to get involved in a lot of things. I really just, I didn't have no desire to, after, you know, if we always talk, me and my wife, how ironic it was that, you know, in, in my 20s, I never once went to a youth camp. <laughs> once I started back, backsliding, never never once, you know, went to a youth camp, never wanted to go to a youth camp service. And then we wind up being youth pastors and going to, yeah, <laughs> six in a row one summer, oh my. back to back, and and you know, just an adventure. And now I live in southern Missouri in the Ozarks, <laughs> so you never know where God's going to take you until you know you just say yes. And it's not up to us to you know. But here's the way I feel about it. You know, and then I'll not take up so much more time. But um, I have kids and. <laughs> You know, you go going on a trip, and all of you have kids, so you know, they are we there yet? They just get antsy. They they just want to, yeah, want to know what 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 are we doing? Where are we going? Where are we stopping? What are we? This and that, and you know, a lot of times we get like that. You know, but really, we just got to sit back, trust the Lord, let Him take control. Let Him drive. Don't try to backseat drive. Don't try to find out the future. It's not up to us. It's up to Him. So. We just let him take control. He'll take us where we need to go, and we won't have to worry about it. So, Brother Josh, you uh, we got two Joshes here. So, <laughs> Brother Josh Ritchie, you pastor uh, not too far down the road here. We just heard from Brother Josh Spurlock, yeah. and uh, we'll make that clear clarification here. So, you've had several ministry moves in your life. 
he was telling me about. So uh, just like anybody else, you do have and some experience um, in some ways different than we do when it comes to yielding to what God's wanting you to do and your family to do, and you've got children too. So I want you to talk to us what yielding uh, means to you and your life and your experience. Sure thing. Thank you again for the privilege to be with you all today. I believe yielding such a pastor thing to do right there. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep it nice, but that may not. Uh, make I've it come the rest here the today podcast. to talk about yielding. <laughs> Turn with us. Well, <clears throat> now, if I can keep it spiritual at this point, I was just thinking when uh, Brother Josh Spurlock was speaking about how God has such a sense of humor and. And you yeah. have a not to, uh, being a youth camper much, and especially avoiding it in your yeah. 20s, and then all of a sudden taking kids to six weeks, is um, that's enough to do anyone in. in well, we're going to have to lose your hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know, right? <laughs> well, our listeners ain't getting it, but I don't know if I should tell them or not. It, there's it. one person in here that's completely bald. I'll just put it that way. God only made a few perfect heads. Wow. <laughs> the rest of them he had to cover with hair. <laughs> you heard it here. Some of us are emerging to perfection. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly but surely. I believe yielding is uh, it's a perpetual act of the will. Paul wrote, I die daily. And, yes, there, there comes a point when it's already been mentioned about surrender and the initial um, confession of sin and accepting Christ to be Savior uh, and to be Lord. And there's there's definitely a difference in being Savior and being Lord. <laughs> um, and sometimes we use that interchangeably um, as holiness folks, but um, there's, there is a specific act of letting Him be the Lord of your life. And something I have experienced for myself, and I've seen it in the lives of young people that we've been able to influence, is that continual yielding of of their will of my will to god's will on a daily basis uh, god takes you through seasons and journeys of life and ministry and with each season comes new challenges and new opportunities to surrender to his will for you in that given point and so um and just briefly some of the details in in my life i thank god i was raised in a christian home was able to um, come to Christ, or he came to me at an early age, and I was a um, teenager when I felt God start dealing with me about the ministry. I was, um, um, but when he when he called me to the ministry, it wasn't to us. I didn't feel a call to be a preacher or a teacher or anything in particular at the moment. At, at the time, I was extremely shy. In fact, when I was filled with the Holy Ghost. Um, I was a worker at a kids' camp, uh, Camp Dove near Dayton, Ohio, and it was um, Anthony Lester was preaching, and it was a great week. And I was a, I was there as a worker helping out, and the kids had already went to bed, and some of the workers were up. I went on to, to my dorm for the night, and I realized that some of the guys in the room hadn't come back, and I was kind of wondering, but I, I was tired and didn't think to get up until one of the guys came and got me and said, hey, they're having a, a prayer meeting in a, one of the prayer chapels. And it, and it turned out they were, we were in prayer meeting till about 2 in the morning um, or later. It seems super late now that I think about it. But uh, I went down there, and I was probably, again, I was like 13 years old, 14 years old. And walking in there was probably the strongest I'd ever experienced of the Spirit of the Lord moving wow. all over. 
um, it was you know, there was there's, there was some cry, crying on the side, there was some laid out yeah. in the floor, some praying in the corner, and I just found a corner to crawl in, so to speak. I was shy, I was nervous, but I knew I felt something. And in that corner, all by myself, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I know He was filling others too in that midst. But um, from that, God put a, a boldness and a desire to know Him in a greater level. And so it was a couple of years later when I felt God reaching out to me uh, that He had a work for me to do, but I didn't know what it was. He, I, I think part of it was I was I was really too nervous to even consider being a preacher. There was a lot of young men around me that were called to preach and they got all excited and they almost like a firecracker you know they 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 said they were going to tell tear the world apart for christ and then they fizzled out and then they went out fell out and i didn't want to be like that I'm yeah. like, i don't want to be one of those i don't want to be one that looks like i'm up and then everyone's looking at you like you're going to be a preacher or do something for god and then and then you can't be found yeah. at the next youth rally it's like a big right. firework yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> i'm like i don't want that for myself but i also knew god was dealing with me about ministry and so i remember just at a wednesday night at our church a preacher come by and was preaching about the will of god and i just said okay lord however wherever whatever i'm yours yeah. and um, but even after that point <laughs> there was areas that god had to sanctify me God had to pull me away from some of the things that I was that I thought was important, and uh, get my focus to where He could really work in me. And so that's why I say I believe yielding is a perpetual act of the will. That yes, I surrender to God today for whatever His will is today. But what about tomorrow? So after I graduated high school, I did not sense or feel a call to college anywhere. I had a lot of people that said, if you don't go to college now, you never will. And I, as much as I thought I would or should, I just did not feel that. So I got a, a regular job working full-time for about three years there. And in that period of time, God really started working on um, the ministry side of what he wanted me to be. I was able to plug in with my local church, um, be involved in every way I could, with uh, the community that I was in. And during that time, God began to really get a hold of my heart, sanctify me, uh, bring things to the surface of my life that I didn't know were problems in, in just him dealing with me. And it was in that period of time that um, God dealt with me about, uh, about Christian education. As I said before, I didn't feel called to be a preacher. Um, teaching was never really something I thought I would do, but I liked I liked it. I always liked. I was one of those weird guys that actually liked going to school, mm -hmm. <laughs> for whatever that's worth. Um, but I, going out of high school, I didn't think that was what I would do. Um, but again, during that time, God dealt with me about Christian education, and I saw. Um, I walked into church. I was right after a night that I was literally in my closet. I, I actually had a closet that I pulled everything out of and crawled in there, and. Um, crying before the Lord, not knowing what to do, but knowing I had to do something. Um, I felt I, I started looking into schools, and um, I'd, I'd been in Christian school all my life, and there was no Christian college close that I felt like I would go to. I didn't want to go to secular school to learn how to work in a Christian school. And I walked into church the next day after that night of prayer with that in my mind, and there was an OBI outreach flyer on the bulletin board. Hmm. 
And at the time, I didn't even know, I'd heard of OBI. I didn't know there was an outreach group or anything of that sort. And I saw the flyer, and I, I knew they were a Bible school. I didn't know if they had a Christian ed program or not at the time. But to wrap that story up, I went to see where the outreach was going to be in service. And I saw um, how the Lord used them in, the, in, in their testifying, in their drama, in their singing, in their personality, in, their, in just the way the Lord used them to interact with me. I felt the Lord impressing on me that um, that, that was the direction I needed to go. So um, that was the process of me uh, starting to go to Ozark Bible Institute when I was 21 years old. And it was primarily for Christian education. While I was there, um, just even within the first few weeks, I felt like God had opened my my spiritual mind, whatever you want to call it, to a whole new perspective of life, of ministry. Um, my convictions were solidified. Um, how I felt about God, how I felt about holiness, how I felt about missions, all of that. Um, just It's like it was just brought to the forefront of things that really did matter. Uh, as a Christian young person, you know, you can hear people talk about it and say, well, maybe I'll plug into that. Maybe, you know, maybe I can give to some missions. Uh, maybe I'll, you know, try to conform to whatever my church wants me to be. But there, during that period of time, I realized it's all or nothing. And, um, and I felt a call for Christian ed through that. And then God called me to preach while I was at OBI. And um, so worked, I w- went to school there five years uh, because I, I went there for a Christian ed degree, but then I wanted to get the Bible degree too, and that's not normal. Uh, <laughs> I've had a lot of people tell me I'm not normal, but I got two <laughs> degrees while I was there um, for uh, Christian ed and biblical literature. And so after the fifth year, we went back. Uh, I got married during that time to Amanda, and she was there for the last two years of uh, my time at OBI. We went back to Ohio and served as youth leaders for a couple of years. And during that time, I always thought we would just stay in Ohio. Um, it's a great place to be. Yeah. <laughs> I love being from Speaking Ohio. Speaking as a fellow Buckeye. Yes. And, but I uh, love Kentucky too, guys. I know. And we were youth leaders in uh, Miamisburg for a couple years and yeah. thought that we would stay there. Um, I, the whole time I was in southern Missouri, southwestern Missouri at the time, in the Osho, um, I absolutely loved being there. Um, and I need to back this up, too, and say, you know, as God was dealing with my heart to go, never set foot, uh, didn't have any family, no connection to Bible school. Sometimes, depending on, you know, the, we have we have wonderful Bible schools in our fellowships, and it's easy to get stuck in that, well, your mom or dad went there, grandma or grandpa, or there's, you know, all this family distinction. Yeah. I had none. And um, nothing whatsoever. So it was just literally a leap of faith. But I truly believed God wanted me to do it. And when I went out there with a group of young folks headed to their uh, decision days, I set, set foot on the sidewalk, and I felt a strong peace of God that I was supposed to be there. And wow. that peace of God kept me there through the, through the challenges, through the ups and the downs of it all. And, uh, but that whole time I was there, I wanted to go home. I, I wanted to be there, but I wanted to work in Ohio. I felt like that's where my destiny was going to be. We moved to Ohio, and it didn't feel that way anymore. <laughs> After getting there, uh, we were there again two years. And during that time, um, and my wife and I are both from Ohio, so you would think it would just we just fall right back into it. But it wasn't the same. And part of it was God was was letting us see that was for a season of time we went back and worked 
um, in with the church that had invested in me as a young person in a fellowship area that had invested in me um, to and also in that period of time it let me know okay you know this was for a season now there's other things um, and so that was a very hard season for our life um, because I during that time I missed being in Southwest Missouri, I, I missed um, I missed the culture. I missed the way of life. I missed working or teach or being a part of the school. I wasn't working or teaching there. I was in school. I missed being a part of the school. So um, the, uh, while we were there, um, OBI contacted us about if we would pray about coming back and serving at the school. And um, I just knew it's one of those things where we prayed about it, but at the same time, the Lord was already preparing us for that step. Uh, we felt like the door was closing where we were in Ohio. Uh, we didn't feel a draw anywhere else in our area in Ohio. And um, the idea of moving away, it was hard with our family. And we were at that time, we were expecting our firstborn child. And um, so mom and dad wasn't too happy about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In-laws weren't too happy about it. Mm-hmm. Other family were like, how can you do this to your parents? Why would you want to leave? And you've got you know everything here. And I said, I can't explain it, but I know God is leading and he's yeah. dealing with us. And so we found sometimes the will of God is just that impressing. God puts something in your heart and you can't explain it. And we, we followed that back to Neo Show. And even then I thought, well, we might be here for a couple of years and don't know what God's wanting to do. But we were there nine years uh, full time. Uh, I worked in the, the business office. I taught uh, OBI classes. We, my wife and I directed the outreach group for, uh, we did it four years full time and then helped out in various years. And um, those were some of the, you know, the, the best years that we enjoyed getting to travel around the country and meeting pastors and young people and just that level of influence is wonderful and i I, i'm so thankful for it but after nine years um of every year taking one year at a time next uh, my wife could tell you after we finished each year at school i'm like well lord we're gonna pray about another year honey i don't know we'll just take it another year we'll just see what god wants to do and it was always this uncertainty i never felt that this is what we're going to do for until jesus comes but at the same time you know we had roots there and we loved it there and it was great and so the last year we were there uh it was um it was 2020 um pandemic covid shutdowns all the uncertainty in our world and our third child was born Avonlea, and um, it was a, shortly after she was born that uh, my wife and I both started feeling a restlessness, like it's time to move on. And I was kind of combating that in my mind. He's like, "This isn't really a good time to think about leaving. You know, the country's not good. Everything's in upheaval." Right. And but at the same time, we felt that the Lord was saying that you're going to be heading out of here, and I didn't know. Um, what to do? I, we were we didn't tell anybody. We were just kind of praying about it. Um, I felt a call when I was in Bible school. I felt not only I was called to preach, but I felt God dealt with me about being a pastor, and that had not come into fruition as of yet. Um, and during even in that season that we were feeling restlessness, we had some churches contact us, um, which seemed to me ironic that God put it in our heart 
And then we had churches contact and say, would you pray about, you know, being a pastor? Would you come here and, um, and preach and we can talk about it? And, and so we went, to, we went to a couple of them and didn't feel anything, didn't sense any direction that that was what God wanted us to do. No burden. No. We, I, mean, we, I mean, a burden to help them, you know, but not a burden that it was ours to take on. You know, right. you, right. if, if you've got any type of spirituality, you, I mean, you can't help but feel a burden for, for people everywhere. There is, there is need everywhere. Right. Um, but something that has been in, in my heart for years, um, Brother Taylor told me when I was a student, was you need to find where you're the most needed. You know, there's mm. some people can find they can find themselves almost in busy work looking for needs to fill when really it's not their work to be done. But God has something specific for them in that season of time. And so, uh, again, we felt we felt a burden, but it wasn't our burden. Right. And um, and so this now the holidays were coming up uh, around Christmas, New Year's of um, 2020. And we still felt that something was about to happen didn't know what or why and um brother tyler luck had called me and um asked us to come by and um, minister uh, at their church as we were coming up for the holidays and we went there and once again like i felt so many years before um going to bible school i felt that peace hit me um just talking to brother luck there walking into the church and we were just there to there was you know, no intention of of staying there or you know accepting any type of uh, position to be there. It was just passing through, and I felt God put in my heart that we're supposed to be here. Wow! And my wife felt um, a, a peace. She we connected with the church immediately. We really in, enjoyed the time there, and then we um, went back to Neosho to work for the next semester, and I. As I said before, when we when I went to OBI, it was almost the same style that God spoke to us. It's like this strong peace that this is what we're supposed to do. Um, and I, I still fought with it because I'm like, man, there's so much in our life that's going to have to change and to reroute. But yet, um, we we really sensed that's what was going to happen. And I remember telling my wife, I don't know why, I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know any of these things. But I really believe God wants us to be there at Richmond. And yeah. so a few weeks had passed and Brother Luck had called us and said he wanted us to pray about uh, coming along and just serving as an assistant. Now, again, we were praying about pastoral work. We were already thinking the Lord's going to you know, move us into a, a church of our own or, um, or maybe something along with another Christian ed ministry that we've been a part of already. At that time, I'd been a principal of the Christian school there in Neosho. Uh, for three years, as well as working with OBI, and um, so we, it, it didn't make a lot of sense that we would just serve as an assistant, you know, after what we were praying for. But I could not, um, I could not go back on what I knew God had put in our heart. The, right. the peace, the sense uh, that He was taking us away, pulling us aside from where we were. And now, um, looking back on it, we, we were there for um, just about a year. Uh, and that was another thing. I, didn't, I, I had no intention, no idea that it was going to be a short season like that, especially 
compared to the, the longer season that we served in the Osho. Uh, but in that period of time, there were some key things that happened um, in our family that um, I knew that God had us there, if anything, just to be able to help our, our family close by. Um, passing of loved ones and some other critical things that took place that I feel like, in a sense, God had us to be close and helped us um, to just, um, it, the, the church encouraged us, and I hope we encouraged them <laughs> while yeah. we were there. Uh, a lot of wonderful experiences um, with the fellowship there and learning um, and growing. And it was definitely a, a season that was a, a cultivating season for us. And so we were there about six months, and then I started sensing again that this wasn't going to be a um, long term. And I, and I wrestled with that. <laughs> so if, if you're not noticing that for, for me, and I know these other gentlemen will share their story too, but in yielding to the will of God, there's a lot of God uh, putting things before you and then the waiting process of figuring out how you're supposed to do what he puts before you to do. And, and they so, all shape you to who you're supposed to be. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Much of what God does is in that waiting and in that pressure of, um, you, you know, we, we, we need not just look for the next step because God is working in right where you are in between those steps. Right. And, it's not, and it's not just about a stepping stone. I hear people use that phrase a lot, and, and that is true. But it's all about the process of what God is doing in you and how you are influencing and affecting other people's lives. Um, relationships are... I mean, it's the epitome of the gospel, really, in a sense, is your, I mean, the whole purpose of Christ coming is to bring us back into relationship with God. Right. And and in so doing in ministry, you're, you're bringing people to Christ, and you're trying to develop people uh, to be like Christ. And in, in so doing, Christ is working on you. And so with that being said, um, we had, we've loved this area of Southern Missouri for years, been through here with uh, ministry teams, got friends that have felt like family uh, down here. And um, when we were, someone contacted us about the church in uh, Brandsville, and um, once again, my, my heartstrings were pulled. I, I felt such a pull, um, unlike any other church that we'd been made aware of you know when people mention well there's a church here that's open or something and again it, we'd just been at richmond six months i wasn't really looking to go somewhere else but then um upon finding out of the church we felt god pulling us calling us and so um yeah. and now here we are uh follow the lord of southern missouri back in missouri and i absolutely love it and i and i hope we're here till jesus comes you don't know the future you don't know how god will move but i've learned that in in yielding to god it's not just one specific capacity of ministry it's not just god's going to call you to be that pastor god's going to call you to be that evangelist god's going to call you to be that missionary but you've got to just be yielded to whatever right. and however and whenever and wherever and if you are yielded with no strings attach, attached, God can take you and do so much with your life. And it's for your good, and it's always for God's glory. Well, I appreciate you sharing your testimony here on the podcast. It's definitely a lot of yielding that goes on jumping around the country. I tell you, the ministry is unsure. You could be pastoring a church, and you know, my father-in-law said it on here before a long time ago on the podcast. 
the Holy Ghost spoke to him one afternoon between Sunday services and said he resigned. And from one Sunday to the next, he was at one church, and then he went to the other church, and now he's been there 25 years. But for in the ministry, you never know where you're going to be. I never thought I'd be in southern Missouri in 2023 in February. Um, whenever this is coming out, it's February right now. But uh, you just you never know where God's going to take you. So we're still talking about this topic of yielding, yielding, Brother Derek. You know, listening to your testimony, Brother Josh, the key to it all is that you said yes. You struggled with it and you wrestled with it. Yes, you did. And and, and it's there's not anything necessarily wrong with wrestling with it and making sure. But but what matters is that you said yes. That that is the key. And, and yielding ourselves to God, like I said, it is all about saying yes to whatever and whenever. Uh, the Bible says in the book of James, chapter four. In verse number seven, it says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Submit yourselves. And then in verse eight, it says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. And, and, and that makes me think, you know, the more we say yes, and the more often that the Lord deals with us, and we say, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you want. And the closer we're drawing to God, the closer he draws to us. And that's just, that's just a, a powerful thing. Imagine, you know, that we can imagine. That's one of the, the most powerful things that we can imagine is, is all we got to do is say yes. If we want more of God, if we want more of God's power in our life, all we have to do is just to say yes. That's all. It's, it's people think, oh, well, I, I got to do this, this, and this, this. Well, no, it's not an ABCD kind of plan. It's a yes. That's all it takes is saying yes. And the Lord honors that. And, and, I, and I know personally, I mean, I'm glad that you're here in this area. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I count you as a great friend. I mean, both of you guys, I mean, you guys saying yes. And I've never had to move in my life. I mean, I've been here in West Plains. I'm 26. I've been here for 26 years here in West Plains. The Lord has not moved me, and he might never move me. But you guys have both uh, moved from place to place, you know, following after that will of God. And the will of God is not a destination, but it is a journey. I've, I fully believe that. And, and you guys have said yes all along the way. And I believe, if nothing else, I believe you know the Lord's placed both of you guys in, in my life specifically to help me. I mean, you guys are, are great friends to me. And, and, you know, I might not have you guys as an asset, you know, or as a, that friendship in my life if you guys hadn't said yes. And so that's, you never know the impact that by... You submitting yourself to God, the impact that you'll have on other people, you can you can never fully understand that. Yeah, I'm just chopped liver over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's over here like stars in his eyes, looking at the two Joshes, going, "You all are just great." Oh, hey, wow. I'm over here like, well, it's wonderful. Well, here now, now let me talk about brother brother Griffiths. Now I was brother Griffiths. Let me tell you by you saying saying yes all the time. Let me tell you that's yeah, guy, yeah, you're yeah. the best preacher, uh -huh, uh -huh, second uh -huh. best preacher. Brother Gallagher has to be number one. But. Yeah, no, no. He was. <laughs> we called you out. I don't even believe nothing you say now. It's done. It's over with. <laughs> Flattery. So let's get back on a serious note. <laughs> I'm just poking at Brother Derek. Um, Brother Josh Spurlock, 
there's an area of your life that I asked you specifically to deal with, and I feel like it's very it's a, it's a great testimony, and it's unusual. It re- it really is. It's unusual. Um, I I don't know very many that dealt with that particular um, thing, but I feel like it's needed, and I think it'll really help somebody. So I don't know where where all you want to start with that, but we're talking about yielding, and it goes it goes right right hand with that. Right. Well, uh, like I was saying earlier, and a little bit about my background, I was a, a backslid for a few years, and, and backsliding is a slow process. It, you, yeah, it's always been said, you know, backsliding doesn't just doesn't happen overnight. But uh, the verse Brother Derek read about submit yourselves, therefore, to God and resist the devil, yeah. and he'll flee from you. I mean, we've, we've of course, got to have the, the submission part, the yielding to the Lord, but we've also got to have the resisting of the devil as well. And, you know, I think that's how, if I, I mean, you really can't pinpoint it. You can't say, well, on, on such and such day in history, that's what the day I backslid. That's the day. Yeah. Because, like I said, it's a slow process. I but think it was, it's I think it's funny when you see somebody on on social media <laughs> and they're like they want to announce to the world that they're backslid, <laughs> act like it just happened. I was like, no, this no. this has been months, if not years, coming to yes. to coming to a climax. It's a yes, they, backslide, not a backfall. Yeah, the day they announced it was the day they just solidified it, but they they yeah, it's been right. coming a long time. Yeah. And it was the same with me. I just didn't resist the devil. You know, if I wanted to pinpoint issues, and like the one you're referring to, I mean, it was a host of things. Uh, just the cares right. of life sure. and the entertainment of life. You know, the devil is, is great about putting a, a shiny object in front of you. And if you submit to the Lord and yield like we've been talking about, then you you will be able to resist that. But if you don't, you'll get distracted by those things. And... For me, it was a host of things, and we'll get specific on on the one issue. But you know, it was a host of things. I really got wrapped up in sports. Sports was one mm-hmm. that because I'd played so much sports in high school and and in my twenties, and and got involved in playing uh, in in leagues and things, and and you know. I mean, you can't tell it to look at me now, but I used to be in great shape. <laughs> used to be able to even run marathons and things. And I did. Brother Derek shaking his head, but I did. <laughs> I ran several half marathons and, and played hours of basketball six and seven nights a week. To my shame, you know, I, I, I made that my God. And, and entertainment and, and movies and things like that. But uh, video games is one of the things he was referring to. I got I got caught up in that as well, and you know I, I'm sure a lot of young men in their twenties these are the things that are are cool. You know these yeah. are the things that are in, and it's the things that the devil can use to keep you. Uh, is there something wrong in playing a game per se in, in tic tac toe? We'll say we we'll use that as a very good generic example. No. Inherently, there's nothing wrong with playing. T- is there anything wrong with playing basketball? Yeah. No, in, in in and of itself. Yeah. But if you put that before God, then yes, it's yeah. wrong. It doesn't matter what it, it is. What sin. it is, right. it is sin. And you know, a, a video games was a big thing. I got wrapped up in that whole world. 
it was whole sets of friends. I had whole sets of of sports friends. These were the people that uh, I hung out with. They, they followed sports and they played sports. These were the people that I hung out with and they played video games. And and you know, I I can I can't speak for every video game out there. There's plenty that I I didn't play. That it's it's an endless list. But yeah. The, the whole Call of Duty thing, getting into the, the Call of Duty tournaments, and I even did that. And and, and really got – I think, you know, my wife always says that, uh, uh, you know, kind of a all or nothing type person. I mean, that's just my personality. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to do something – It's pretty common in men, really. Right. I don't, if I'm going to do something – just pick for all women, but <laughs> it, it, a lot of I'm men are like that. It, you know, I – and it can lead to things like not getting some things done yeah. on the to do list, you know, because I don't have the time to do it all the way. But, but it, you know, I I was always an all or nothing. You know, if I'm gonna play basketball and be into basketball, I'm gonna know the, all the stats and watch all the sports and and do all the, and you know, this is the same thing with the the video games. Uh, and and like I said, down now that's a, a way that the devil uses because he knows that you know. The devil is is wrong yeah. and and evil, but he's not stupid. So what's the? He's, he knows what to to tempt you with. He'll throw things at you, and if that thing sticks, then he'll keep throwing it at you. You're talking about the the video game. It's been you know many 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 years since I messed with Call of Duty per se. When I was backslid, when I was I mean we're talking. It's been over a decade ago when I messed with Call of Duty mm-hmm. and, you know, not since. And so now, I forget the term. You get so high up and then... Prestige. That, yeah, that, that that happens and then you keep going again and yeah. again and again. It's called prestige. And it comes yeah. from the time mm-hmm. where you literally spend your life doing How that. many hours you spent is basically what trades that out for that. And if you don't know what that is, good. Yeah. <laughs> but... Um, you level up like you're saying in a game, and then when you get to so high you can't level up anymore. There's something called prestige where you. Well, just to give you an example of, of how obsessed I got into that, I was at the top, the I, I, I think fifteenth level prestige, whatever you know, as high as it would go. Maxed it out, stay up all night, and do tournaments and all that stuff. Mm. But it was all part of. You know, looking back, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I can see it was the devil's plan for my life. I was following what the devil wanted me to do. He was distracting you more than anything. That's exactly. You know, he, he. This is what he had laid out. Because was I effective for? Did I affect anybody? Brother Derek just said, you know, I, I have some influence in his life. Did I have any influence in anybody's life in the in my twenties? No, I can honestly say that. Yeah, I did not. I didn't do anything for the Lord. And you know that's to my to my shame and my uh, sorrow, really. But um, but it all turned around one time. I yeah. want to get to the good part. <laughs> yeah, enough of all that. I want to get to the good part. It it turned around. I actually went to a men's meeting, and you know for for the people that that do men's meetings, keep doing them. Now they bring people in that wouldn't go to. I got to a point where I didn't want to go to church, of course. You know, that's just natural part of backsliding. You know, so started with just, well, I just attend Sunday morning, you know, stopped doing the Wednesday night and then didn't want to attend. Yeah. But but a men's meeting, they do the men's meetings and they give away prizes. And the temptation of a prize brings people that, that wouldn't normally come to 
a church service, but I went to a men's meeting and um, didn't win anything that I remember. <laughs> but, but it didn't matter because I, I come away with something much better. Uh, I rededicated my life to the Lord in that meeting. Wow. And, and it wasn't, for me, it was a different experience than, than some have. Uh, some, when they feel conviction and they run to the altar, and think, I actually just prayed at my seat, just just standing there. You know, there was an altar call and some went, but but I didn't even go. I just prayed at my seat. But I, I said, Lord, I'm tired of this life. You said yes. I said yes. I'm tired of doing it my way. I'm tired of doing it the devil's way. I want to do it your way. And I yielded my life to the Lord. And from that, very shortly, uh, and you know, someone was talking about answering the call to preach. I, if I remember and my memory serves me correctly, uh, I feel like the Lord maybe dealt with me some in my teens, mm-hmm. but I lived that roller coaster life of in and out. So uh, I never answered the call to preach when I was a teenager. I didn't answer the call to preach till I was 31 years old. But. The Lord was dealing with me. He had a plan all along. He wanted me to do something way back. And I finally said yes to the Lord. And just, I mean, it just snowballed. That's mm-hmm. the way I like to refer to it. I mean, I went from being 29, uh, playing in Call of Duty tournaments and, and spending my life doing frivolous things to by my 30s i was i was working for the lord as a youth pastor there at shelby street and and for brother birdine and just from there the lord moved me to different things and did different things and and it's just one thing led to another now without going into the whole story i'm in missouri so your story is different than brother josh's yes and both of your stories are different than brother Derek's. but the common denominator is is our topic today saying yes Yes. Well, Yielding. If I could say I want to, if someone's listening and you're in that point in your life where you're doing what the devil says in your life, uh, I never regret a minute I have spent serving the Lord. Not one minute. And I've had, it's not been all bed of roses either. Right. I've had plenty of, of trials and things, but my testimony could have been the same as Brother Josh is sitting here next to me. If uh, at 21, I'd have said yes to the Lord. But I didn't, and I regret that. But you'll never regret a minute. You know, if, you're, if you're in that position in your life right now, and that's, that's what, you, what you prioritize in your life is, is worldly entertainment and things that, that really don't matter, you know, think about it. And, and I don't remember the message that was preached at that men's meeting that, that got my attention. But I do remember some of the things that was said in, in to the effect of, and I don't, I don't remember exactly word for word, but something to the effect of, what are you doing in your life that's going to matter a million years from now? And I, I realized that everything I was doing wouldn't matter when it comes to the big picture of eternity. And so that's, that's what really matters is, is what, what are you doing for eternity? And that's how the Lord got a hold of me. You know, I just started saying yes to him. And, and the more you say yes to him, yeah. the, the more. And you, may, you have to lay a lot of things down. I laid a lot of things down. But, but it's all worth it. But it's everything I laid down, he gave me more. He gave me. Right. Yeah. You know, 
he gave you he gives you peace that passes yeah. understanding and, and yeah. joy unspeakable and he gives you uh, a a sense of direction like like brother Josh was saying you know you you don't even ever expect to do certain things but but you feel a peace when you do them just yeah. because you're yes. you're doing what the Lord's asking you to do and and I wouldn't trade it for anything so we already said again the common denominator is yielding means saying yes yielding means yes right. you said yes you said yes you said yes all three of you many times in my life i ain't got time to go into it i said yes lord okay all right i'm done i'm done running i'm done fighting yes but in all of that we have an enemy and when you're going to say yes to the Lord, that means all the voices in your head start. Well, if you say yes to God, then you're going to have to deal with this. You say right. yes to God, well, right. you're going to move your family there. Nobody knows you. You're going to do that. How are you going to pay your bills? You're going to do that. Well, then you're going to lose all your friends. And it just goes and goes and goes and goes. And then it's really, there's a struggle to submission. There's a struggle to saying yes because you've got the voices. But at the end of the day, and I know it's hard. We're human. And I know it's hard for every one of us, including myself. I'm not going to pretend it's not. That when God's dealing with us, we just say, oh, okay. And just don't think nothing about it. And just, yes, that's hard to do. But that's what we need to strive to do. We need to strive just to say, yes, Lord. Just completely yield. Just give up. Just take. Just give it all to him. Just give it all to him and just say, yes, yes. And it, it's that easy. And you never know where you'll end up. Right, right, especially when you're in the ministry. Amen. But being in the will of God's the only thing that matters. Right, is being right inside His will. Just say yes. Any closing remarks? I'm done. I think we're good. <laughs> everybody's good. everybody's like I talked too much already. <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna get off this podcast. Thank you all for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. It was an honor. Thank you very much. Peace out, everybody. When this race of life I've run, the Lord says to me, my child, well done. There will be no regrets for me. I'll be